Hey, Justin Baldoni here, and I just wanted to say thank you because my new book, Boys Will Be Human, debuted at number three on the New York Times bestseller list. I never in a million years thought it would be possible. There's not even a section in the bookstore for young boys, and it's thanks to you and this community that it happened. If you haven't picked up the book yet, it's available now anywhere you get your books. It's also on Audible. It's called Boys Will Be Human. It's a get-real gut check to becoming the strongest, kindest, bravest person you can be. If you know a parent of a 11 to 100-year-old boy, or if you are one yourself, I promise you this book is for you. Boys Will Be Human, available everywhere that books are sold. Coming up on Man Enough. Our current definition of masculinity, men are encouraged to lie or to cheat or whatever, right? But if we rewarded honesty, testosterone actually would be associated with those positive qualities. There, It's only associated with negative qualities because we have a negative definition of masculinity. Yeah, where when you just say, what is it to be a man? You think of... You do not think of good man. Right, it's just his man. It's this shitty guy. Being man enough, what does that mean? It's really manly to mess up, admit you're wrong and then grow. I couldn't accept that I was evil. So maybe I'm broken, but those broken things could be corrected. Intimacy between a father and a son is me just wanting to like put my head in your lap. I love you, son. You haven't called me benevolent sexist, but my experience is women are better. Even if it's a positive, it's still not equality. I don't blame men for that. I just blame the system. This is Man Enough. Everybody to the Man Enough podcast. You will notice today that uh, we don't have Justin with us, Liz. We don't. Justin is taking a little break. He's taking a break. He's got a lot going on. He's shaving. It's, it's taking him shaving. a long time. He actually is clean beard. cut right yes. now. So in his stead, not that you and I cannot do it alone, of course, but we thought we'd bring someone else to to co-host with us. Yes. <laughs> It's Andy Grammer, hey. which I'm not really excited about. What do you mean? <laughs> You're so excited. I'm excited on one level because he's so dear to my heart, and I'm also nervous because he's so dear to my heart. Mm. Yeah. But, you know, for those who don't know Andy Grammer, you're a singer and songwriter, uh, super successful, have songs, hits after hits. I'm pretty much like Justin with a less square jaw. Yeah. You know, <laughs> just like. Yeah, you're white. Yep. You're uh, <laughs> not as good looking. You know, you're good looking, but you're not Justin. Which is reasonable. You know, yeah. um, and you've got a lot to say and share in the world. You, you do a lot that um, coincides with what we believe in. Um, I think what's really interesting is that Liz, the two of you, which is really interesting, on, you were on our episode before. Yeah. Like um, last year. Early days. Early, Early days. days. And we yeah. were figuring it out. And you and Liz... Not you and Liz, really. Liz and I kind of got into it a little bit, but we talked about the infamous laundry conversation. I mean, we all kind of got into it. Yeah, we, we did. Was got into like, it. it was a moment, right? It was. it was a moment of like, okay, are we just going to stay? I mean, for me, anyways, like, am I just going to be fake and like just go along with this, or am I going to be real and say what I feel and, yes. and say the truth? And, and you, you are incapable. 
which am, is your strength. Okay. Yes. Thank this you. is like what is so beautiful about you. And we actually had really beautiful Instagram text messages back and we forth. We did. After mm-hmm. it, yeah. And I yeah. felt like, I mean, you made space for it. And even at a certain point, Andy was more receptive at that he in was, that episode. He was way more receptive. Right. To I was even, the one that was he, not. And so it was helpful. It, it helped, I think, all of us um, kind of go forward in a different way. And it was a really meaningful episode. You're, oh, you're, so cool. Yeah, you really created space in a way that was, again, so much of this podcast is like saying the the, the 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 thing and having the conversation, but behavior and actions were like aligned in oh, that man. moment. And that meant a lot to me. There's a lot of work we got to do. A lot of work. So tell us, if we're going to talk about men's stuff, there's just like a lot of mm-hmm. work and listening and holding space that we mm-hmm. all got to figure out how to do. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, to that point, so we've got a whole week with you, right? We're going to yeah. do a bunch of episodes, but we're going to have a couple of words, just the three of us. Cool. So when we knew Justin wasn't going to be here and we asked you to come on, uh, you immediately were like, I'm in. Yeah. So maybe share with us a little bit about why you care about this topic, right? We are trying to redefine masculinity, what it means to us. How do we elevate women? How do we be better men? How do we treat our girls and boys, our young ones, to be a better generation than we have been? Why do you care about this so much? What can you offer? Man, I don't know that I have answers. I just have like other questions like... I have two godsons, they're twin boys, and I was having a really wonderful conversation with their, their father uh, at my house, and we're going like, man, when you try to define femininity, it's not hard, to me at least. There's like a lot of really solid, easy qualities. They're like, that's awesome, that's beautiful, that's what we're going for. And we're looking at these two little, my two little godsons, and we're like, okay, but masculinity, it's like so confusing. Mm. What do we want them to be? <laughs> like, I feel like at this point in history, a lot of things are under attack, rightfully so, some not. When you just try to like, what am I shooting for? Mm-hmm. As like a five-year-old boy, when you're looking at your boy, what do I want him to grow up to be? It's just harder. I'm interested in that. What do you guys think about that too? It's just mm-hmm. it's just harder. Mm-hmm. What are what are good masculine qualities? Name some. That's great. This is a great exercise. Where do, what, are, what are they? Um, uh, They're bra- so diluted and confusing at this point. Hmm. Well, See, like, I, you're like protection. Yeah. Bravery. But then, like, is that uniquely, we're going to take that away from women? Well, let's just be clear. Masculinity, see, unfortunately, what we've done is we have attributed masculinity to men yeah. and femininity to women. Totally. These are just qualities exactly. and attributes yes. that maybe some men, we water it more, the masculinity in us and feminine qualities in women. But I would say bravery is a masculine quality that women have masculine qualities mm-hmm. and feminine qualities. Mm-hmm. Right? Do you feel that way? Yeah, and in many ways... Women have been told to, like a lot of sort of popular feminist mainstream thought is for women to be more like men. Uh, If you think about sort of the Sheryl Sandberg, the sort of more corporate feminist movement, right, of like the 2013s, the 2010s, the 2013, (laughs) it's like started in 2013. And what I find really interesting is that that is still based on a distorted definition of masculinity. Mm -hmm. It was like, take up all the space and, you know, dominate and, you know, you can have it all. And it's sort of like, whoa, like also if white women have it all, what does it mean for the rest of women, right? And, And how do you have it all? And who are you sort of honestly oppressing at that point in order to have it all? And so I think that we um, are working on having a less distorted uh, definition of femininity. And I think that's what that movement was trying to do. I think there were a lot of people who had good intentions, right? Like women should be more assertive and be more confident. And obviously those are great qualities to have. But still, it was premised on our distorted idea of of, of what men should be and, and how men act. And so not only should we be rethinking femininity, 
But also like, yeah, what, what I think what you just said is so crucial. Like we don't know what masculinity means. I'm not stupid and my other friend isn't stupid and we spent a long time and we didn't come up with anything great. Mm. Right. Because I I think part of what you're saying, just like what is unique and maybe there doesn't need to be, what is uniquely male that is wonderful. Hmm. Or uniquely masculine, right? Uniquely like, masculine, sure, sure, sure. Right. Because yeah, I it, think that's a thing to separate because yes. we oftentimes put male and masculinity together. 100%. And, and I don't think no, no, no. inherently at, at, at its core, they should be. Totally. You're listening to the Mad Enough Podcast. We'll be right back. All right. Welcome back to the Mad Enough Podcast. So the, there's a big movement on TikTok, like the divine feminine and a lot of women using that kind of, you look at me like you're confused. No, no. No, I know. It's like, but, but the divine femininity and divine masculinity is old, like East, you know, it's, it's from an Eastern philosophy um, that we all have those parts within us, right? That it's not just women are, right. have divine femininity and men have divine masculinity, but that there are, we're all made up of those parts. And so. Again, I think we're, we've gotten closer to what divine femininity looks like. We we revere women in our society who, you know, support other people, who support and raise their children, who make the world a better place, who create community. Um, but yeah, what would be divine masculinity? You know, I was raised a Baha'i, so someone that I look to a lot is this incredible spiritual teacher, Abdul Baha. Mm-hmm. And so when I think, when I go there, it just doesn't usually align with what I'm being told. So like when I think of Abdul Baha, it's like service. I don't know if that's yeah. masculine or feminine or what, mm-hmm. but then when I think of that, that doesn't super align with with the backdrop of what I know masculinity to be. Right, mm-hmm. or what you're told. So I think it's just really fuzzy, mm-hmm. and it's really good to get into the weeds and talk about it, especially for men to hear like, the hell am I supposed to be? Yeah, and Michael Kimmel has this great exercise, and maybe we can even like do it. He goes into rooms full of men, and he says, "What's a what's a real man? And then men sort of shout a bunch of things, right? Like dominate, like get all, you know, get laid, um, Mm. uh, win at all costs. Mm. And then he says, okay, and he writes it all down. And he says, okay, now what's a good man? Mm. And then suddenly it's very different things that men are, you know, coming up with. It means standing up for the little guy. Right. It means protecting and providing my for my family or for the people that I love. Right. It's a totally different thing. And so I think that's how we get to that. Which even is more that if you just say man without good in front of it, we've mm-hmm. all been trained about something that man is not good. Yeah. Can you define what kind of shitty man you're talking, right. you're talking about that I'm supposed to try to be like? Yeah. Oh, okay, not not the main def- the umbrella of all men, mm-hmm. but just like good ones? Yeah. Okay, cool, my brain can like hang yeah. with that. Yeah. Mm. Well, so what is a good man to you? What is a good man? Starts to feel very just the dichotomy in myself as I'm answering it feels like I'm in the woods figuring out what it is for myself, which oh. is crazy, right? Like, like I need not, to figure it out. I can't. No, like there, like I don't. I'm coming up with it on my own. There's not a, a known situation, mm. which is isolating going on inside me at the moment. Sure. But I would say what comes up for me is uh, the word sacrifice mm-hmm. for the greater good is a really good man. I would say that um, providing not in like a demeaning anybody way or putting anybody down or like saying that you're the more important, but like a sacrificial providing feels like a good man. Mm-hmm. What do you got? I, all that. I have trouble with this because I do not believe that men and women, any gender uh, is the same. We're not meant to be the same. 
we have the same capacity to, to be wonderful and to provide for humanity, but we are meant to do it a little bit differently. And that can be celebrated also. So while we talk about this subject, oftentimes they get conflated. And for me, it gets challenging when someone says, what's a good man? And ultimately it's a good human, but there has to be a distinction. What is it to be a, a good man? If you look at the animal world, there is differences in the, in the male and the female animals, right? What they provide. Um, there is that inherent difference without choice, without the idea to actually understand and reason on a human level. There is differences. So obviously there's going to be differences in men and women. But I think where the problem becomes is when you then feel like my differences over Liz are better than yours or more powerful or more to be celebrated. But our understanding of the animal kingdom is very much from a our biases as human beings. One example is like the entire thing about wolves or like the wolf pack, right? We've talked about this, right? Like the idea of the lone wolf doesn't really exist. And like in the book, there's a reason we have this podcast, Man Enough, Justin's book, he talks about this research on wolves that uh, justifies this lone wolf kind of concept that we have in our society. But that research was actually done on a wolf in captivity. So it's not actually representative of the animal kingdom or wolf, uh, you know, wolf packs and how they actually operate in the wild. And what the research finds is that, you know, it's it's usually actually a, a, a female wolf and a male wolf that are the head of the pack. And, you know, the strongest, you know, alpha male, or if you want to call it that, doesn't just take care of his own offspring, but the offspring of the entire community, the entire pack. And so if you think about it, you know, men, good men and men who are alpha are not just men who, you know, take care of their kids, but take care of everybody. I think my only point is like, for instance, yeah. testosterone, we know that testosterone is more in males than it is in females. And you know what testosterone does to your spirit or to your mind and to your body. So if you inherently have more of that, you're going to behave differently than someone who doesn't have it. But can I tell you, like, so I don't know if I've brought this up in this podcast, but in my book, I talk about this study because I agree with you. Testosterone, you know, hormones. I was just freezing my eggs. Let me know. I can tell you uh, shooting up hormones every day. I was affected by them. But, <laughs> you know, we, we think testosterone makes men, uh, again, more aggressive or that's what, you know, makes me makes men more violent and, and compete with each other. And and testosterone doesn't make men more violent. It makes you more competitive. And in certain studies, they've been able to really, if you don't give men any sort of direction, testosterone might make them lie more, right? Because they're trying to compete. But in a specific study where men were rewarded actually for being honest and they would be better like in that hierarchy of the game that was presented to them, if they were more honest, if they were given more testosterone, they were more likely to be honest. In our current definition of masculinity, men are encouraged to lie or to cheat or whatever, right, to achieve that kind of social power. But if we rewarded honesty, if we rewarded um, different kinds of qualities, testosterone actually would be associated with those positive qualities. There, it's only associated with negative qualities because we have a negative definition of masculinity. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? I mean, really powerful for me is what you said about the man and good man. Mm -hmm. You say, what does it mean to be a man, the average guy, I don't know, what, where my brain goes is like, mm -hmm. cool, movie star, the one who's like crushing it. And then good man is nowhere near in my head who that guy is. Mm -hmm. So the disconnect of those two things is like, oh God, we got we got a lot of work to do mm -hmm. to figure out how to be. Where when you just say, what is it to be a man? You think of. You, you do you, not you, think you, of good man. Right. It's just his man. It's this shitty guy that you think of. Right. Now, we're saying, how do we get to a point where men yeah. now yes. represent yeah. to the alien world when they hear the yeah. word Yeah, and then how hard is that growing up as a young boy, even if you have a good dad? 
then you're like, you know, my dad is unbelievable. He's a children's singer. He's really sweet. He's a sensitive, incredible human. And he's not like the Marbler Man. Okay. And, he's, and so then I'm growing up like, what am I supposed to do here? Am I supposed to be like this guy? Mm. Or like the thing that uh, is being taught to me and I'm pulled towards all the time. Mm. And, and when you're trying to act like this other version that we're being told, you inherently can feel the conflict of it. And it never quite feels settled. But what's so messed up, that sucks. But the bigger thing that sucks is when you are acting like the good version. Mm. There's an internal conflict that you will be found out or caught or uh. put on blast or not be respected or not fit you're not, in. You're not man enough. You're not man enough. You're listening to the Man Enough Podcast. We'll be right back. All right. Welcome back to the Man Enough Podcast. So can I ask um, um, you a question, being that you are a... Um, you know, we just saw you at the Greek. We did. The two of us. It was incredible. Where incredible. you've got like thousands of people screaming and singing all the lyrics and just seeing you in your element. And you are considered, which I even hate saying this, one of the good guys, right? Not just a man, but you're like considered a good man, which as we're talking about this, like, how do we get rid of that distinction where you can just mm -hmm. be a man and, it, and that itself means you're good? good. I mean, imagine the self-hatred. Jeez. Underneath it all. Yeah. When you say man. Exactly. Yeah, it's crazy. It's you're like, you, yes. But, but getting to it. So this is something that you have committed a lot of your art, your life. I know you deeply personally. You are one of my closest brothers. You're the one that is, when I have tears, the first person I call is you. Yeah. Um, or when they're like, right there, I need to come out. You know? And you're also the first person that, before they're coming out, you're like, dude, let's, let's go get those tears out. Yeah. And you cry with me, which is nuts. He's one of the, Liz, he's one of the guys that you share something with him. He's crying with you. Well, Not before you. He waits. Well, right. <laughs> Does that make it about him? Nah, yeah, yeah. And he's right with you. Wow. Uh, um, but you are, you, your whole, all of your music is, has positive um, meaning to it. It honors women, your wife, your children, Lee your mom's best friend who has been there for you when your mom passed um, and others, just how you represent women and yourself and masculinity and just goodness. What is that like in the pop culture world, being in this business industry and also having eyes on you compared to oftentimes what is seen as the opposite of that, right? Where it's all about me, 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 and how do I be more masculine? How do I get women? You know, you're seen as a good guy. What is that like? It's, I think it's the, the central difficult thing of my life <laughs> is to be okay with that has been just so hard. And the truth is like, I don't think I'm doing the music that I make. You know, Seinfeld, I remember hearing him say like, I don't do dirty jokes because they don't work for me. Mm. Like it doesn't work. This is what I am. I'm following my art. Like this is my thing and this is what works. But I am... It has been a long process of trying to figure out how to be okay in my skin. Where where I feel the most comfortable and where my art is the best is over here. And then uh, I'm also perceptive enough and a little bit cynical that it won't be accepted because of what whatever else mm. this version of a man is that I'm not quite fitting into. Mm -hmm. And that tension just takes like, and I'm sure it's not like uniquely masculine. I'm sure that 
just that this is our lived experience and that there's many things that women are expected to be and, you know, told to be. This is a human thing. For me, it was really interesting when things started to happen and the music started to go well. Uh, the people that were coming to my shows threw me because my mm. image of what a rock yeah. star is, is, you know, it's supposed to be 18 to 25 year old girls that are like hot in the front row, right? And there's plenty, there's room for everybody. And there's plenty of that, but it was always from the jump seven to 70 of all, <laughs> all different things coming. And I remember just being like, am I not cool? Like I, am I just not cool? Like that, my version of what I thought was this, this was, is not being reflected back to me. What a much sweeter, vibrant, beautiful thing it is. Mm -hmm. But we're, I think we're always just dealing with the perceptions of, of what's been told to us and then the true reality of where we're at and what we're dealing with. And my fan base is like the dearest people to my heart. They are, you know, when you sing about the soul and sweetness, then that's what comes back to you. And they're mm -hmm. my favorite. Oh my God, they're my favorite. But I'm not going to lie and say that I didn't like have to go through my own like, do I need to be edgier? Oh. Do I need to curse? Do I like, what, what do I got to do to get this thing that I don't want? <laughs> right. You know what I mean? How do you, how do I wow. not be my most authentic self? Because what you do is, is you. Yeah. Your art is you in the, in the world, right? I know you behind the curtain and that's exactly what you are. Yeah. Uh, so it's interesting that what you end up going through, what we do is how do I, do I curse more? Do I do this? Do I throw in a topic that, how do I get cool? And that means by you not being who you are. You are immediately not cool when you do that. But also how do I work to get this thing that I don't want? Yeah. That's, that's a sentence. And that I think applies to so many things for so many people. Isn't that well, what I where want, unha where unhappiness, like when we get stuck, when we get stuck, I just want to be loved and accepted. And I know, I don't know, but I'm perceiving that if I am just myself, it will not be. Therefore, mm. what, what can I do here to water myself down so that this all works? Mm. And it just takes a lot of courage and a lot of, and I'm still doing it. We're all doing it all the time. I start my show with a poem that is like very much about this. Should I just do it? We can cut it out if we don't like do it. Do it. Okay. So I walk out on stage and I say, um, somewhere along the line, I learned that I was not enough. So behind this smile is a guy who tried but could never really trust that he would be believed or well-received just for being who he was. So now when I speak, I feel the need to drop a couple fucks. So I don't lose you, so you won't leave. So you won't think that I'm too sweet. Deep-seated insecurities of how I'm seen, how I'm perceived, I'm exhausted, I just wanna be. I caught my break in music when I just turned 26. I was told I was too old, too grown, and that I had a lot to fix. So we scrubbed my face, I lost some weight, we tried desperately to hide my age. And that's when I began to play for a trophy in the culture game. Now if you want to star for the culture game, I am not your man. I waited till marriage to have sex and alcohol is not my jam, and I've tried my best to look mysterious with a Diet Coke in my hand. <laughs> But far too often I start conversations apologizing for who I am. What a shame when our eternal flame feels the need to dim itself down. We work so hard to fit in. We forget we were made to stand out. So shine your light and speak your truth even if your voice is shaking. Like Oscar Wilde said, be yourself, everybody else is taken. You think God would bring you here not to trust your intuition? What if the reason you always feel left out is because you're the thing that's missing? Mm. 
So here's to the courageous ones that don't fit in but are okay with the ones that write new stories on blank pages ones, the lean into their uniqueness trailblazing ones. And here's to the magic that only you can bring. And here's to the audacity it takes to spread your wings. And here's to the light bringers that know it's hard as hell but continue to show up unapologetically themselves. And then it goes into a song. But this is the idea. Right? That that is a battle that every, just because we're here, every man has got to do. And you know what's really funny is just like the layers of it. Okay, so you're doing the dishes and you don't want to do them. And below that is a lot of the crap you've been told. And then to Jamie's point, below what you've been told is a knowing that you just need to give some space mm-hmm. to, to understand. First, because you did it, you did this poem. And then we, you went into making a point. Um, it's really, really damn good. Oh, thank you. It's so good. It's so, first of all, beautifully written, but also the message that you say in there. Um, that, that's my brother right there. That right there. Whoever writes that and says that is a good man. Well, it's not true. There's a lot a of- A good moment. Lot, has a good moment. <laughs> <laughs> has, has the makings of being a good man, um, if you can apply all those things. Um. All right. Let's, but, yeah. But good. Also, good versus. We've talked about this. Good. good versus, who are you? A good man or are you a bad man? Good men do bad things. Yeah. Exactly. Right. And we're we're Took all we're all even women. I mean, not even women. Obviously, women. Like I do bad things. So just because I'm a woman doesn't mean I'm, I'm good. Right. No. Like and and. So it's it's also leaving space for that nuance. I think that when when you're committed to the idea that you, I'm a good guy, I'm I'm good, then you can't hear me say, "Hey, that was." that laundry thing was weird. Like you should think about that. That's why that there's that resistance. It's coming, I think, from a good place of I want to be good. But if you are, you know, told that if you do a bad thing, then you're not good anymore. I mean, I think that's where that justification, that defensiveness, you know, really comes. I'm just wanted to reiterate I, that. I appreciate but that. But I was, do think you know, it's I think super good. helpful and and in myself when you were when you're thinking about what you want to be, to put good in front of man. It's not perfect, but yes. really helpful. Sure. Just to like what I what yeah. my what comes up in my brain. Yeah. The image of man mm-hmm. versus good man goes yes. like, oh, I turn my head and think of someone completely mm-hmm. different. Yeah. Which is really helpful. I think that's great. Yeah, we'll change our pod- podcast to good man enough. Yeah. So when you say, you know, the preferred audience is like hot 18 to 25 year old women, is that for who is that for? It's is not that, for me. Right. It's not for you. No. It's not for women because they're just kind oh of. Oh, my God. It's for other I'm not is excluding it for other you. Men? Please come. And hot is such a weird, stupid no, 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 thing no, no, to no. say anyway. I'm saying. I said it. But I feel like that's a thing that gets you status with other men, isn't it? Yes. And industry. And industry. And the industry. And, industry. And honestly, with other women as well. Right? I mean, if I think just in general. I mean, I have certainly raised in the music business. I know that if there are girls that, it's kind of like this thing I was just watching the other day. If a girl, a hot girl in school says that they like you, then the other girls, she gives the other girls permission to like you as well because the hot girls did. Like they validated you. So for a guy, when you see the hot girls in front of you in stage, and I'm not saying I ever thought this. It's okay. All, no, 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 no. I'm, not, that's not what I meant to say. It's not that I didn't think about it. That's not what I was chasing after. But I know the value of that, that when there's that, that also validates, not just with men that think, oh, he's got hot girls like him, but to other girls, because that's, it. there's, there's, um, there's weight when you say, 
Liz, who's a beautiful woman who's who's there, and you're like screaming for someone, it gives mm -hmm. permission for other women like, oh, if Liz likes them, then I can like them. You know what else is coming from me is the definition of, um, to me, it's an energy. So like when I say hot, it's not even like I'm thinking of a specific body type or a specific person. It's that people are coming with an energy mm -hmm. to let you know that like I want to like there's sexual energy here, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Like the front row is like, there's like- That's why all the music videos all throughout the day, you'd always have, you have ca casting calls for hot girls right. to be in the stage, but to be on the it, stuff dancing isn't it around interesting you because that it, you're like, I want the hot girls, like I want the hot girl to like me, not because I want her to like me because she's beautiful or has other qualities. It's so that other, girl, uh, other girls also like me. Like, it's still about you. Do you know what I'm saying? I, that I understood. And that's the part where there's this, like, TikTok trend going around of particularly young girls, but young women, too, saying, do straight men even like women? Because you want to have sex with us. That is clear. This is a real question. Do straight men even like women? I, I truly, truly... I, I've felt that in some of my relationships with, with, with men where I feel like you, you want me, but do you like me? Like you, you love me, but do you like me? And by like, I mean, do you, do you respect me? Do you listen to me? Do you believe me? And I don't often feel that way, unfortunately. I do with a lot of men in my life. Of course. But when it's painful is when it's almost like I'm I'm a transaction or or I'm a thing to 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 have and not a person to get to know. And if I tell you something that disrupts your idea of who you are or disrupts your idea of who I am, where I'm just revealing things about myself um, that that you might not expect, um, there is a no, I don't want I, I don't want that part. I want this part. Right, the sort of pixie pixie dream girl that we see in so many movies, where where like the her entire personality is just being liked by this guy, mm. and so I see it in in our culture, which is how patriarchy can prevent men from getting to know women. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's just yeah. infused in all of the culture. Like women's interests are demeaned by all of us. Yeah, of course. So even I have a tendency to do it. And so, do we like what? Like, do you really so let like me, women? I am so sorry that you feel that. I hate that. I hate that a woman would feel like, and, and I get it because as a black person throughout my life, I yes. have wondered, do people like me? Not just me, Jamie, but what I represent. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I do think this, I don't know how to put this in. I hope this comes out right. I don't think, I think men do like women. I think men do um, in general, even though men don't show it, even though we do things that contradict that statement, even though we can treat you terribly and not listen and interrupt. I think that has a lot to do with work we have to do. And it doesn't necessarily reflect that we don't appreciate or like or value women. I guess my bigger point is that when we say, because men get defensive, when you say, well, you hate women. I'm like, no, I don't. But so see, now there's a right, disconnect. Right. Rather than, I don't think you hate women, but do you understand that some of these actions are hurting women? 
that it looks like you hate women, now we might be able to have a conversation versus just a blanket statement that says right. you hate women. To me, it would be more effective to, 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 instead of saying you hate women, say you don't seem to like women. I just think it's more accurate. Like, I, I agree with you. I think most men don't hate women. But I think that the sexism and the, the, the patriarchy in all its forms kind of makes you look like you don't like women. And if you do, then yeah, show it, right? Like with your actions. I just think it's a, I think it's an interesting way to talk about the patriarchy instead of hate. I just, it's like, oh, you don't really like. like. I, I just fear it's just not accurate. And while I understand it, I don't know if it's accurate. What I like about it personally about is what? That, uh, this thing of saying, I'm not sure that guys like women, is it, it raises the stakes for people to hear it. It is a little bit buzzy. That's that's but not I'm cool. With but it. that's not what I have a problem with. No. I don't have a problem with it. I, I love that. I love the idea that the question is there so that we can examine it. Sure. What I'm saying is that let's not just say it and let it land and that be the truth. Keep saying it so it causes us to have a conversation. But then let's find the truth. And then not to undercut it. I was we were on tour and my trump, trumpet player, who's a woman, said it, mm. and she meant it, and it 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 like made me go like, whoa, do you you believe that? And I know you and I love you and you're incredible. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to like dismiss what you're saying. I'm going to go, oh my God, you have so many interactions mm -hmm. and, and points of contact mm -hmm. where when you're saying that to me right now, you're not joking and you're, and you're being dead serious that you're unsure mm -hmm. whether men like women. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it was powerful to me. Like, holy crap. That's terrible. Yeah, it's, terrible. it's sad. It's very sad. And I think it hopefully encourages, again, men to show with their actions that they do like women. <laughs> Would you rather, you're, you're flipping through Netflix, you want a female lead, male lead. Totally honest. I never thought about them. Never thought about it. But no. it's all, it's subconscious. That's the thing. I don't think about it, but my wife will be like, oh, you don't want to watch that because it's a female lead. I'm like, yo, first of all, back up. I like Hunger Games. And then we have a whole defensive situation. And then later I have to like, when I'm driving alone, like are there shows that I just watch with a female lead? Mm -hmm. And there are, but yes, it's, but yeah. there's less. That's interesting. And I there's th less of I them would... available too, by the way. Again, it's, it's oh, not just saying- Most yeah, of the shows yeah. I watch are with female leads and most of the artists I listen to are female singers. So um, I, maybe that's why I haven't thought about it. But yeah. overall, no, no, there's, le there's less, right? Like, I mean, the, again, I don't know all the, remember all the statistics around music and, and, and film off the top of my head, but we know that, and, and there's been a, an effort lately and recently to have more female leads, have more women behind the camera and vice versa. But still, it's hard. There are less female lead roles. There's a lot of women who are supportive characters, but lead is is different. Men, we got to do a lot of work because our actions yes. are telling women we don't love yes. care yeah. about them, and it's not how you feel. What a wonderful thing to you know reflect and reimagine masculinity so that your intentions and your love for women align with your actions. You're listening to the Mad Enough podcast. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back to the Mad Enough podcast. What would you say if I were to ask you, Liz, I'm really dedicated to being a better version of myself as it comes to my um, being a man. Mm -hmm. What in your research and in your work, or just as my friend, as a woman that walks through the mm -hmm. world, what would you say, Jamie, work on these three things just this year? Or my, this yeah. is how I feel like you could be uh, what I think yeah. would be a good representation of a man. I think listening to women 
and believe, like uh, Brene Brown has this quote that she talks about when it comes to allyship or it, it was when it came to Black Lives Matter. What does it mean to be there for, for, for someone and to really be in solidarity is to listen, but not just listen, but believe. You know, trust women, believe women has been associated with a lot of political causes or mm. abortion rights and sexual assault. And although, you know, those are great, I, I think it, it's actually more fundamental than that. And, and actually, if we do that fundamental thing, then we wouldn't have to have campaigns telling men not to rape women or we sh wouldn't have politicians who are, you know, taking away bodily autonomy. And I feel like you've done that, by the way. And that's what you did in our episode, too. Like, you actually listened to what I said and believed it, even though— what I said challenged your own idea of who you think that you are and what kind of man you think you are, right? Mm. What I said was like, you're actually not being good guys. And I'm sure that was painful. I saw that, you know, it created even some defensiveness and like, wait, wait a minute, I do other things. And, oh, well, we have someone who works in our house. And eventually we, we got to a place. But I think Andy immediately was like, you're right. What am I doing? I think listening and believing. And then another thing that you've done and that you did very, very early on is making sure that other men are also listening and believing me, right? Like at the beginning, like Justin was interrupting me a, a lot and you came over and you were like, hey, I know you're probably not noticing it, but you know, you cut Liz off twice and like you just monitor that. Mm -hmm. And it like made a difference, not just in Justin's experience, but also my experience. So I, I think it's like listening, believing, and then action. Like Actions aligning with words. That is, if you can do that, that's everything for, for me as a woman anyway. And that's what I, you know, try that's and do tough. in my own life. But the action part is tough. It's my wife hard. left for three days, Liz, Andy, three days. Friday morning, she left to go on a woman's retreat. She never goes anywhere. I go places all the time for my work. And there are some group of men. Trips. Yeah. Andy's one of them that we go and like, um, take a minute, hmm. a few days. My wife never goes. She says, I'm going away for three days with Emily, Justin's wife, Fun. to a retreat. And I'm like, whoa, whoa. Um, okay, let's talk about that. But when I do it, there's never, it's like, okay, well, all right, great. She just keeps it moving. Mm -hmm. Sure, I've got work. I've got, how am I going to juggle? How am I going to, but she does this every day, all the time. It's never like, wait, 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 Jamie. Mm -hmm. It's just like, okay. She was gone after day one. I'm like, okay. Uh, someone was like, you can't re return my text. I was like, I haven't figured out how to be alone with the kids and text, <laughs> and text at the same time. <laughs> I mean, I'm kidding. I'm way exaggerating. But um, she's back today. So three days, three and a half days, she's been gone. And I felt it. And then what I thought is, am I showing up? Why do I feel it this much? Why do I feel the difference that she's gone? And I thought, oh, I wonder if my actions, I need to ask her when she gets back. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like it was a lift. And you know what it is? Like there's this uh, documentary called Fair Play that everyone should go see that talks about the division of labor because that's the number one reason for divorce, by the way. It's like, we, yeah, we can sit here, talk about emotional intelligence and go to therapy and spend all this money. But it's also like division of labor. Again, action, right? Like if you respect me, we're, you're going to respect mm -hmm. my time and equally to your time. And she says that it's actually not even the physical part of the division of labor that's the biggest problem for women. It's the cognitive work yeah. of what she does in that moment, which you describe, which is like, he's not going to be there, figures it out. That's a lot of brain power, right? Mm -hmm. she, oh, yeah. She's scheduling in her head, how am I going to do this? This is going to go here. This is going to go there. I won't go to this. 
and that cognitive work, actually, because again, we think of division of labor or, or just domestic work as the work that doing the dishes, doing the laundry, but mm. it's that cognitive work, actually. That's a huge, that's why so many women burn out and, you know, mothers suffer so much more in terms of pain inequality. How do you not just like do the physical work, but also just ask questions about how you can take on the cognitive work? Because it's a lot. Yeah. You didn't have time to text back people. You were like, oh my God, this is so much. <laughs> And then creating pressure in yourself and raising the stakes about how important it is. Because, mm. like, you, you have these two people that the way the world is set up and what's expected broadly, there's not a lot of pressure on the guy right. to do these things. And then also, if you do those things, you have to deal with the other pressure that's making you, you're not like, we'll just say the Marlboro Man again. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of pressure that we're not aware of as men keeping you in your place. You are questioning yourself whether you're, whether you're like not a man mm -hmm. when you're doing these things. Mm -hmm. So yeah, but go through go but go through your mind. Tell the truth. When what? When you're doing? Didn't you say like when you're doing the dishes, you feel like you should have a thank you, right? Like you uh, admitted to that. Oh, I don't feel that anymore. But at one no, point, no, but that's okay. Mm, I think that's good. Actually, that's it. not true. That's not true. That's a good question. I don't even think it's it's at the place where it's like I'm thinking those things. I'm just it's been bred into me. That's right. To, that I'm, uh, I don't want to do this. Right. And mm. the ugliness is I shouldn't have to. Mm. That's the ugly true thing. Mm. Is like, is this really my? Am I right. supposed to? Be Not doing that this? you believe that in your heart, but not that, in your that, heart. Right. But mm. if you've been trained over your whole life and everything you've seen in TV and everything that you've watched and everything, yeah. it's like this isn't really where I'm supposed to. Be. But you know, yeah. I also think I think we use this stuff. Not you, and I appreciate you saying this. I think we come up with a lot of excuses. I think men. We find ways to justify mm -hmm. us not showing up. We know what's right. I, I believe that we know. And we often say, man, men are oftentimes told just like women are objects. So do this and say that. But then why do we say it like this when they're not around? Because you know. You know you're not supposed to say that. Totally. Mm -hmm. Right? Why is it that you don't say publicly in a room like, yeah, I don't do the dishes or I don't do this or I need thank Because we know. We know that we can I can't say that. Because mm -hmm. if I say that out loud. But there's I'm a gap. Good. But there's a gap. I agree. But so then, what you, what you know? That's the gap. But I'm just, I'm saying to get there, we know it. And I think then we find all the reasons to justify why we don't know it. And then we keep perpetuating. But our you know behavior. what that is, too? That's masculinity, right? Not admitting you've made a mistake, not asking sure. a question. And I, and I think that applies to, again, division of labor, domestic choice. I think it applies to so many emotional, just arguments and, and conversations, right? I feel like so many breakups and so many divorces could be, I mean, even, even in my own life, when I look back, I'm like, if we trained men to take more responsibility and to not go into, because when you're justifying what you're doing is you're denying that thing that's uncomfortable, yeah. right? Justification is kind of a protective coping mechanism in, in a mm. lot of ways. So I know that when I find myself, what I do, I justify, I justify, but I also um, intellectualize. So like I'll think about something over and over and over again and I'm creating a story that makes my behavior like sure. let's say someone's upset about something I did or I you know there was a disagreement and I'm like no but I did this because of the, and when I find myself doing that I'm like what are you avoiding like what are you afraid of mm. it, it takes a lot of emotional being able to be connected to yourself and have conversations with yourself like I don't think men even listen to themselves mm. so of course they're not listening to women <laughs> do you feel connected to yourself do I yeah, I feel connected to myself. I think you do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think this, that a lot of times we don't understand how high the stakes are, how intense it is, how important it is. Right. right. That's true. Well, that was another thing about our conversation was you were 
quick with a lot of really intense stats <laughs> about like <laughs> not, 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 it was good uh, about how dire the situation is right. and mm. how inequality of men and women seems like something that's like you know sure that's I would agree that that's happening and I don't totally see it and then when you bring it home mm-hmm. and go like you're doing it dude <laughs> that that and, and you can raise the stakes of like if you want to say that you're a good man, then like you need to be aware of this and like show up for mm-hmm. it. And right now it's kind of been presented to a lot of men as either vague or they're doing what you're saying mm-hmm. is they're not he- listening, not believing. That's for sure something mm-hmm. that I've ho- tried to get better at of mm-hmm. like, man, yeah, you really have to believe people mm-hmm. when they tell you something, mm-hmm. you know. And and it, the, the consequences are dire for you too, 100%. right? It's yeah. like men are... Again, like, you know, women have all these mental health um, issues as a result of all of these stereotypes and these ideals and these pressures. And men, too. Like, Mm. this is hurting you as well. And that's why I'm asking, like, are you connected to you? Because when you're connected, you're like, oh, this hurts me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, I'm hurting, you know, I might be hurting someone. Every time you hurt someone, you're actually, there's a part where you're hurting yourself. Oh, or you geez. started you hurt that yourself. Well. You're treating I know that well myself. Yeah, you're treating others like We got to get this shit right. We got to get it right because right. we got babies that are being raised and we got our our kids Andy, you're going to have kids one day cuz your eggs are frozen and can't wait for them to be fertilized <laughs> and become little lizards. We have to save these babies in our generation and it's not going to happen if we don't keep having conversations like this and unpack mm-hmm. it and uncover it and be truthful. Mm-hmm. And be different and show up. Yeah, and show your boys female lead films and and books and right like that. That's how I've learned yeah. to know about men. I know a lot about men because a lot of stories are about men. And so if we show those stories to our boys, yeah, um, then we're yeah part Just of the like solution. Just like you got to show the new Ariel. Yes. L- l- what's it called? Uh, the yeah. Little Mermaid to uh, yeah, little your boys. kids, little white kids. They they yes. can see a brown Ariel. Exactly. All right. Time we should, to We wrap. should wrap up because we could keep going, going, and um, we've got a lot of. We've got a lot more time with you. Hey. We're not doing just this one. We're going to talk to guests. We're going to have some more fun. Um, one thing that gives you joy. Quick. My daughters. Um, Liz, one thing that gives you joy. Donuts. Yeah. Donuts. One thing, donuts gives you, one, one, one thing that gives you joy that's not your family. Uh, words. Like words. really well put together what words. About what about you? Um, <sighs> Andy being here. Yeah. Hey. That's a good one. You know, I thought, let me just say something to Justin, because I know Justin's going to listen to this. (laughs) I was really, I thought I was going to be really excited that you weren't here, Jay. Can I look at the camera? (laughs) Confessional And and I wish you were here. No, we miss Justin. We miss Justin. Not because we're not doing fine. Um, I miss your presence energy, brother. Um, But if there was someone to fill Mm -hmm. that seat. Yeah. um, I'm really glad it's you. I love you. You're amazing. Let's keep doing it. If you're interested in what we're doing, uh, where can they find us, Liz? Manenough.com slash podcast. This is Man Enough. I'm Jamie Heath. I'm Liz Plank. I am uh, Justin Baldoni. Yes! <laughs> in, the, in the body of? In the body of Andy Grammer. <laughs> love it, love it, love it. We'll you know what it feels like time. to me? Uh-huh. I am like, I've had so many situations in my, in my life where I am like the B version of Jason Mraz. Like there's like a there's like a a duet that has to happen and Jason Mraz can't come so then they get me. Oh my god, you're ridiculous. <laughs> no, we gotta no, talk I'll about that. To go sing around. Lucky with Colby Clay or do some other duet with somebody. So, so oh, I am. No. Let's sign off. I am Justin Baldoni. No. All right, uh, we'll see you next time. This is Man Enough. 
Thank you for listening to the Man Enough Podcast, produced by Wayfair Studios and presented by Procter & Gamble, in partnership with Cadence 13, and Odyssey Company. Hosted by Justin Baldoni, Liz Plank, and me, Jamie Heath. If you like what you heard, please follow us and tune in weekly as we undefine masculinity and learn in real time. Justin Baldoni, Jamie Heath, and Tara Maholtra Feinberg from Wayfair Studios, Mark Pritchard and Anna Saufeld from Procter & Gamble, and Chris Corcoran from Cadence 13 are our executive producers. Kayla Nicholson is our producer. Ashmi Elizabeth Dang is head of marketing. And Susie Landers O'Connell is our lead editor. Thanks for listening.